This is CliffCentral.com. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to the good stuff. Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brendan DeCue. The good things guy. It is so good to be in studio hanging out with you. It's Tuesday. We get to bring you all the good news that's happening in the world. I'm here to remind you that there are still so many good things in the world and South Africa right now. So inspired. So proudly South African. So much of good news. Today, we're going to be catching up uh, with the MKRSA, My Kitchen Rules South Africa journey. Um, got to semifinals. We're going to unpack all of that uh, and sort of what went down. Plus, we're going to be digging into current affairs in in current current affairs, in the currently of current affairs. The currently of current affairs. Those things. Uh, we're going to be speaking about what's happening currently in the world and trying to unpack the good news out of that. Um, we're also going to be bringing you the top five trending good news stories. That's Kerry's job. That is... Sorry, Kerry's just sort of getting waking up. She hasn't. Oh, no, I'm not. She, good morning, everybody. Hi, my name is Kerry, and this is the good stuff. Welcome, <laughs> Kerry. Welcome. Great to have you here. Um, and then we're also going to be speaking to. I'm, I'm going to bastardize his surname completely. Frankiskos. Is that right? Frankiskos. John Frankiskos, who's going to be speaking. His story is unbelievable. Like, it's. It's insane. Uh, he was at a swanky five-star lodge uh, in South Africa. He's going to sort of tell us where and what was going on. But he got bitten by a snake. That is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my no, life. No, 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 no. He, he wasn't like by the fire poking around. He was on his bed and his wife was in the bathroom. Mm. And you know like sometimes when you sit in bed and you put your hands at the back of your head just like that? Yes. So he sort of did that. And a snake latched onto his finger, and it wasn't just the snake, it was a deadly Mozambican mm-hmm. spitting cobra mm-hmm. latched onto his finger, um, mad crazy, he's gonna unpack exactly what happened, but the, the five star swanky lodge, didn't have any emergency services. They didn't know where to take him. They didn't know how to deal with the snake bite. It was just this unreal experience. Um, and it was a long journey that he went through, but he's a survivor and he's here to tell us the story today. So he's going to be, he's going to be coming up in about 30 minutes. I'm looking forward to hearing his story. Yeah. You might cry. Kerry, <laughs> Kerry tends to do that. Might. Um, I think I shall. Listen up and get inspired. If you guys want to get involved with the conversation, you can tweet us, cliffcentral.com, Brent Lindicu, Kerry Stein, Stein, still don't know how to say her surname. Uh, you can also get hold of us on WeChat, um, or you can give us a call, 0861 Kerry, what is the WhatsApp number where people can send in questions, queries, and just get involved with the conversation? 079-748-2090. That's 79 7482090. It's that easy. So, Care, what's been cracking in your world? Wowzers! We're one step closer. Actually, we're a few days closer. Yeah, um, if you've been following the show and you've been listening in every week, you would yes. know that Kerry is busy, uh, with an incredible, um, an incredible thing that she's doing for kids. It's a Christmas party. It's happening. Tell us where we are. What's going on? It's all for charity. It's good things. How are we doing? Well, um, it's this week, Saturday. So there's a lot happening. I've still got to collect the last of my donations because it's just been so overwhelming. Um, but everything's come together nicely and, uh, it's, it's, it's been amazing. And I'd like to thank all the people that have got involved as well. Um, but I, I will catch you up. Uh, when the when the party's over, actually. So and what then, day is it happening? It's on Saturday, Saturday. in Dipsluit, and there's 400 children. 
400 kitties and yes. you're doing a whole bunch of charity stuff. It's so amazing. So it's exciting. I'm very excited. It can, I mean, it can be quite hectic and people are like, what? But I'm excited. And there's 400, 400, they're orphans. They, um, orphans in Dipslit. Uh, and they deserve it. They deserve, they deserve a day for, uh, dedicated to them. I'm excited for them. I'm excited for me. And we're going to have a party. That's so cool. So Kerry and I are starting something, um, mm. which is sort of top secret. Uh, but it's going to be kicking off next week and, yes. and we're pretty amped to, to bring you, it's, it's sort of like good guys doing good things, really. Yes. Um, we're going to be, ta- so working in this space and being on this platform and, and, um, you guys tuning in and, and sort of engaging with us, we get a lot of requests. Like a bucket load of requests. There's a lot of people that send us uh, queries for, I don't know, desks for school or mm. like, uh, what are some of the things? Desks for school, clothes, toys, uh, educational items, um, stationery, what else? It's, Shoes, it, socks. Cars. Yes. There's a lot. We, we get a lot Food. of requests for things. And, and the reality is, as much as we want to help everybody all the time, we're not a charity. No. So it's very difficult for us to do that. Mm. But Kerry and I were discussing something over the weekend and we've yes. realized that we have this amazing platform where we can do good. And we've got quite a couple of connections that mm. we can do good with. And people that want to get involved. So next week we're going to be doing good things mm-hmm. and, and we're going to be doing it live on air. Um, it's like a Christmas wish, but it's an everyday yes. wish. It's I'm got excited. nothing to do with Christmas. It's got to do with doing good things. It's our Tuesday wish. Which is our Tuesday wish. I like that. Our Tuesday good stuff wish. I like that. I don't know if this is going to work. I'm going to try to <laughs> play it, but this is, you know, um, something that I've been a part of for the last 13 really? weeks. Really? If you don't know what song this is, then you don't know, you haven't been watching TV. That's a wrap. <laughs> what an experience. What an absolute journey. Amazing adventure. Yeah, so um, we made it to the top four, which I don't think is too bad. 13 weeks on TV, top four, um, and it's been an incredible journey of cooking and experience, and now I'm rambling. What was your favorite moment? <sighs> There's so many, um, but I guess... If I have to choose a top two, it would be Edith Fenter loving our canapes um, and Ruben Riffle asking for one of our recipes. Yeah, I don't want to do dessert like that again in a hurry. I'm sorry. That was absolutely crazy. <laughs> what, um, what was your favorite challenge? Um, has to be the street food challenge. There was something about the energy of that day and um, we were rocking and rolling. We were cooking. We made over 180 lamb kebabs. And um, yeah, everyone had a blast. There was something cool about um, seeing people enjoy your food immediately right there. So uh, yeah, I really, really dig the street food challenge. Favorite contestants? <laughs> I don't think it's a big secret. Um, yeah, so we absolutely love Yamandi and Mikhil. And uh, big shout out to them for next week. That we hope that they nail their semi-final. But also Lani and Nizel. I mean, Lani and Nizel yeah. became like a mom and sister on the show. OG and G were amazing. Rain and Rowan drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tons of. We, I think we made some amazing friends, and I think that's part of the cool experience of this has been really meeting good people that uh, we're definitely going to stay in touch with. Worst contestants. Ah, don't say anything. We're not going to go there. Um, it, <laughs> it was an incredible adventure. I think a massive shout out to all of our supporters. 
um, for just for supporting us and for showing all your online love. It has been really, um, we're thankful for it. But this isn't the end. This, this may just be the beginning. We've got some, uh, certainly got some things up our sleeves for next year. Pop-up restaurants, that's gonna be happening. Possibly planning a little road trip around South Africa to find some amazing food in amazing places and share that with all of you. And maybe even a recipe book. We just don't know. We don't know. Keep following us. Um, we're all over social media. You can find us, hashtag Brendrew. Um, best of luck to all the contestants going through to the final. We're going to be reaching for both of you. Amazing. That's it. Uh, that is a wrap. And um, I could do with it. See you in the kitchen. See you in the kitchen. That's uh, that's the journey, man. It's We made it to semifinals. The Sunday uh, episode was uh, Andrew and myself cooking up a storm against uh, another team. And, you know, they, Shalane and Kerry got the lead in this one. And they're going to be making it into finals. I think that you are, through this whole process, I think you've just, you've underestimated yourself. Well, you I, and Andrew. I said to someone... Um, this morning, uh, Richard Mulholland, yes. who's on who's on Cliff Central as well. Mm. I was speaking to his his wife, Jazz, and she just said, I've, "I've just finished the show, and I'm so incredibly proud of of you boys. Like you did such a great job, and you really just out trying." And I I said to her, "I'm thankful that I have got." This newfound confidence in my baking and my cooking abilities and, and a, a newfound love for food, mm. a love for food. One of the things about Sunday's episode is that there was no worse team. There was no, there was nobody that like dropped the cake no. or, or made a really cuck dish. It was two really, really good dishes. Uh, not dishes, it was six dishes, but mm. a really good three. Uh, amazing from yeah. both teams. And it was just who was the better of the two. Um, what were the judges looking for? Like our main meal, mm. maybe we should have put more mushrooms on there or whatever that was. It yes. was, it was little things that we could have simplified and, and maybe made a bit better. I got another 10 out of 10, man. That's 10 out of 10, but congratulations for getting this far. Yeah. That is a long time to be in, uh, what is it? It's the a, competition a, environment. A but it's a competition, but it's also, it's, it's like a, I don't know. People, people are, people are hooked and they've been hooked for weeks. Yeah. It was an amazing accolade to get to where, to get to where we were, get to where we were, well where done. we got to. And, and cooking in that environment was absolutely insane. We got to make really cool dishes that we love. Um, the, the deep fried camembert is one of the best things that mm. our friends love when they come over. It's really cool. Deconstructed beef Wellington. Yes. We made that because it was so different. It's something that we, you know, we could have, sh- you, you can't serve a beef Wellington in a fine dining environment. No. So we made this deconstructed beef Wellington and they were raving about the fact that our meat was cooked perfectly. They were raving about the fact that our, our potato fondants were this incredible taste, flavor and texture. Um, and coming from some, some of the top chefs in the country, it's so cool to hear that. And then for our chocolate fondant, we got a 10 out of 10 from Ruben Riffle. Which I'm blown that's, away. That's quite it. Blown quite away. A, and he incredible. asked me for the recipes. Like, you gotta give me the recipe. And all I can say, uh, chef, is that if you visit Good Things Guy, the, uh, chocolate fondant recipe will be on there in two days time. I'm letting them out one day at a time. Okay. Well, I take my hat off to you for, um, being on a reality show like this. And I don't know. I would, I would not be able to have, uh, with, uh, well, you know, that I it's, don't think, I don't think I'm strong enough. No, you'd be strong enough. No, I don't think so. I have anxiety issues. I'd be like, I'd be a wreck. 
So most, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. A lot wow. of the, a lot of the time, being in that stressful environment, it's very and the, stressful, and the situations that we were put in, the challenges, your anxiety is on on high. Yeah, you're, you're in that space. It's scary. It's you know you're pushing yourself. There's mm. time limits. It's deadlines. You're cooking stuff that you've never made before. You're using equipment sometimes that you've never used before because it's not yours at yes. home. So it, it's you all don't these, know where stuff is. It's all these no. stressful things that just make you a better person. Mm. Okay. It really pushes you to your limits. And I think really, as as human beings, you should push yourself. You should be entering reality competitions. Definitely. And I mean, you've, I mean you, you're you a very talented person. Now you've just got another one to add to ah, your Ah, uh, Kerry, your come on, come on, come now on. Now look, now look. You're making me blush. Ah. You're making me blush. No, for reals, man, Um, this this MKRSA journey has really opened up the most amazing doors. Um, From Sunday night's episode and all the way into today, mm. we, we've received thousands of messages. I cannot... I, I can... I cannot explain to you how many people have personally um, DM me, inboxed wow. me. Say, it's mad the amount of support and love that we've received. Um, and we've unofficially, officially been crowned by social media as like the, the people's choice winners, which awesome. is so cool. Okay, but now where to from here? Where to from here? So we've got a couple of things in the pipeline. Yes. Uh, the first being our pop-up restaurant experiences. So Pop-up yeah. Pop up experiences. Pop so up there's experiences. not only one, there's going to be many. Many. Many, 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 many. Our first is on the 12th of December. I think it's already fully That's booked. So I'm not soon. sure. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, we're going to be experiencing pasta and Italian and we're not, so we're going to do a little bit of a demo. So we're going to speak about pasta ask, and yes. such. Um, and, and we're going to be serving our favorite dishes. So mm-hmm. our favorite pasta dishes. And we're going to just made be made from scratch. FYI. Made from scratch. Um, we're making one of the plates, not all of them. I'm not going to sit and cook the whole night because mm-hmm. I actually want to be around people drinking wine and telling stories. It's not so a that's competition anymore, folks. No, no, no competition here. It's the vibe and just experiencing our favorite tastes, which is going to be really cool. And um, and then next year we'll we'll do a couple more around the country, which I'm excited for. That's very exciting. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the recipe guide, the recipe series on Good Things Guide, which has gone live and we're putting up all sorts of recipes there. And hopefully one day that will turn into a book. Yes. Because I'm just collecting A coffee them. table book. A coffee table book. Hashtag not a kitchen. Brendu. Yeah, not a kitchen. Not a, not a recipe book, but one that's, it's a coffee table I book. I like the idea. It's a, it's a story recipe book. That's it. So live every day we put a recipe out which yes. are people are loving and they're downloading and sending us messages as well just letting us know that they're trying our food which is cool and and then the third big i mean the biggest thing and the website will be live in a week or two um but andrew and myself and some of the other contestants from mkrsa <laughs> will be going on a little food trip around south africa and um it's going to be filmed are you going to be finding little gems that's what we're looking for uh we've got the two pilots secured there's a production <gasps> company that's come on board and we're going to travel around the country and just eat really good food and meet cool amazing human beings and speak to the chefs and find out their stories and just like good stuff I love that. Because yeah. now you're going to, you are, you're going to go and find the hidden gems and you're going to reveal them to all of us. So it's one of the biggest things is Andrew is just absolutely besotted with drivers, divers and dives. Yes. Dri- drivers, dining, dining, drivers and dives. I'm reading the name Triple D. We call it Triple D. Triple D. Absolutely, absolutely. He loves it. Absolutely loves it. And, and it's always been his food dream to like, Travel the country, 
We know of a couple of really cool restaurants, things like that, and and taste the flavors and, and meet the people behind the food. And for that to be put out on TV, hopefully, because we're only shooting the pilot, mm. but it would be really flippin' amazing to bring those stories awesome. to life. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So the website's going to go live in about a week or two for that, and I will send out all so the all details. So all of this is happening before the end of the year? It has to, care. Goodness. You don't sit on your laurels. No. Life is about action. Yes, it is. You either make it Look happen you or you guys. don't. you guys. That's amazing. Yeah, it's exciting, exciting stuff. And, uh, and yeah, we want to get the, we want to get all the public involved as well. So one of the things that we're going to be doing is, uh, actually it's top secret. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. So I'm then gonna, how do we get involved? Um, we don't. <laughs> when we're ready, we'll talk about it. Okay. When we're ready, we'll talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I agree. Okay, when you're ready. That's all I'm saying for now. Uh, every week, Kerry and I get to bring you the top five trending good news stories. This week is no different. Kerry searches the internet, scours it to find you the top five stories that we think are just necessary and newsworthy, and we should be talking about them. Mm-hmm. So, Kerry, what do we have at number five? South African Animation Agency wins its first BAFTA award. How incredible. So I've been to their studios in Cape Town. Yes. Triggerfish is built um, in like this old, or I don't know if they've moved, but they, they used to be in this old like farmhouse mm. vibe. Mad. Like beautiful. Ah. Oh. And they make the most awesome animations in there in Cape Town that are internationally recognized. It's a Cape Town agency. They I have are such doing a beautiful it. image in my mind it's, right now. I, pr- I promise you, the guys are sitting at their desks looking out the window at the sea. Like it's... On wow. like this, this wine farm vibe. It's amazing. No amazing. wonder the creativity flows. And the, the quality of work that they're pushing out is, is well, world renowned, well recognized. And after two years of being in, at the BAFTAs and sort of, it's the British, the it British called? Academy of Film and Television Arts. I would have bastardized that completely. But at the BAFTAs, after being <laughs> there and being part of them and being nominated for two years, they finally received an award. They're from Cape Town, guys. This is a Cape Town. Like, how Winning. incredible. I, I think l- that's amazing. Hashtag proudly South African yes, stuff. Proudly South African. So cool. So cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that story we'll put up. It's for, what, what show is it for? It's for um, a Roll Doll series. Yeah, Terrible, ridiculously it. bad nursery <laughs> rhymes or something. I'll have a look. I'm looking. Oh, revolting rhymes. That's it. Revolting rhymes. Yes. Revolting rhymes. Um, really cool. I'm so proudly South African. So, so proudly South African. Uh, we're going to put that story well up online. Done, guys. So that you can also watch the trailers because you yes. can see the animations they've made. It's world class. It's not like the stuff that they're pumping out onto. No. Anyway, uh, what do we have at number four? Now, I put the, uh, put the story in here because we're getting to that time of the year, celebrations and all that stuff. Three reasons balloon releases are bad for the earth and three alternative ways to celebrate. I must say, it is bizarre that, um, it's bizarre that we need to actually tell people this. Yes. Like, human beings, it's 2017, balloons are bad for the flipping environment. If you don't know that by now, I don't know if we're going to survive as a species. Mm-hmm. This this cuck idea of releasing balloons into... So many of them. So many And of all them. the time. Hundreds of them. All the time. Um, I was at a, a venue. I'm not going to say where because I like the venue. But <laughs> someone was having a little birthday party yes. there. And they brought balloons. And there was a bit of a gush of wind. And the balloons took off. Yeah. It wasn't planned. They weren't <laughs> going to do an amazing balloon, re- balloon release. But here's... 
Here's the fact. Mm. The fact that you had balloons tied to the chairs means that they were going to go drift Somewhere. at some, some point. At yeah. some point. But okay, so th- this is three reasons as to why they're terrible and yes. three reasons as, as to what else people can use. I'm That's not going to give them why it's terrible because no. it is terrible. Yeah. But Kay, if you can just say, here's something else you could do instead. Okay, so you can plant a tree in memory of a loved one. So I'm just going to give you, you can go on and read the whole, the whole, all, all three of them. But plant a tree in memory of a loved one. Throw a seed bomb. Okay, so what this is a seed bomb? So wildflower seed bombs are also a great way to uh, create beauty without pollution. Once again, the wildflowers that are indigenous to your area, it is as simple as rolling the seeds in dry clay and letting it dry. The clay balls will disintegrate in the next rain and the seeds will begin to germinate. So you can That's cool. So you're actually planting eggs. trees. Exactly. Can you and throw then, a seed bomb at a broad? Um I don't think that would be uh, pleasant. <laughs> Maybe the seeds. Potentially, yes, because a lot of people do use, they actually use seeds at weddings. Or rose petals. Yes, because after the wedding, then the birds come and they eat the seeds. So uh, it's less pollution, it's less tidying up. and uh, Just interesting fact, mm -hmm. sideline here. I saw a thing on Facebook yesterday from a park with ducks, Mm. where it gave a big sign saying, please do not feed the ducks bread. Yes. A, it's not healthy for Mm -hmm. them. And B, the bread that they don't eat, it rots. And it, it actually, yes, it, and then, and then it becomes, there's, there's algae there. Al- yeah. And then it, you can actually poison the ducks. Correct. So they were saying like throw seed, throw yeah. lettuce. They gave yeah. all these different points. Mm. Anyway, next. So number three, if you want something more sturdy, you can donate a bench, a bird bath, or you can, uh, build a bird bath, build a, build a bird house. Or paint rocks and leave them in places that mean something. Oh. Much better than releasing balloons. I like the idea of and that. And then just leave happy thoughts all over the place. Put it on something. Just just don't do the balloons. We're going to put that up online so that you can uh, read the full story and the mm-hmm. do's and don'ts and all those things and get some inspiration. What do we have at number three? Giving Tuesday. That's day, today. Yes. The today. day that comes after Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So we've done Black Friday. Oh boy, did Black Friday happen. Then we did, and can I tell you something? Yes. Um, people were sharing videos of the Black Friday vibes. Yeah. And they were like, how ridiculous, how stupid, why are people waiting in these queues? And I'll tell you why. The videos that were being shared all over social media, they weren't from Dion Wired, Brew. They were from checkers, and it was people that wanted to get baby formula. And, and game as well. And beans yes. on special. Yeah. Because... The reality of South Africa is we've got a huge population, mm. a proportion of our population that live in poverty. So it's really sad to see that. Yeah. And I implore all of these um, these big supermarkets and the, all, all of these food chains, the grocery stores that got involved with Black Friday and that, that had all these specials to get rid of um, old stock to actually just be cheaper. Yeah. If you can be, if you can get, get rid of 80% of the cost for one day of mm, the year mm. so that you can sell a bucket load, why not just be a good human and do that for people that are in need anyway? Exactly. Maybe we need to have like a charity aisle in every pick and pay and checkers I where agree. I can pay for someone else's food because I would do that. 100%. Maybe I'd we need to just change the whole way that we work as a society. Yes. Because I saw those things and it was hectic. It was. Black Friday was hectic. And then cy- it was scary. Cyber Monday, yes, it makes more sense. And you know what? Actually, Richard Mulholland on Gareth Show, he mm. called me out. He said that next year we need to do something about this. Because we do. Yeah, yeah, in a good way. He was like, 
Black Friday, yes, it's an American tradition that South Africans have brought on board. But why are we not bringing like the thankfulness on the Thursday before? That we're all thankful for something. Right now. Because that's exactly what it's about. No, 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 no. Right now. What are you most thankful for right now? What am I most thankful for? Gratitude. Life. Life. I am most thankful for that. And and having the ability to be able to. I mean, I'm thankful for me because... I mean, I I have different platforms. I can do good for other people, and I enjoy it. It makes me happy. And I, if I have to just shoot it out there right now, I'm thankful for Cliff Central and this platform. Yes, exactly. That we're able to do good things, tell good stories. I'm so excited to speak to John and Daniela, who's going to come in here to speak about the snake bite (laughs) stuff. Like, that's stories that maybe other people wouldn't have heard before and wouldn't have known. And by doing that, we're able to actually make a difference. There's someone that's going to listen to the story, and tonight they're going to be sitting, speaking to their mom, and they're going to be like, Mom... You guys are going to the lodge in December. It has it got emergency services. FYI. You know what I mean? So that's mm. that I'm thankful for that right now. But let's I mean that's that that's something that we need to do next year is be thankful. Right now there's a trend that started called Giving Tuesday. Yes. And that comes after Black Friday and Cyber Monday because now you've bought all this cuck, you've got all this stuff. Exactly. Why not clean out your cupboards mm-hmm. and give back to someone it's else? True. Giving Tuesday, is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, uh yeah. Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday. Hashtag Giving Tuesday. So let's give something away today that you no longer are using or that someone else could use instead or maybe of you. you bought too many things on Black Friday. You can just give them away, okay? Yeah, there we go. So we're going to put that up online. It'll don't give you some line ideas. Your, don't line your lounge with cereal boxes. Give some of that stuff away. There we go. Now we've got, uh, we'll put that up online so that you can click on and sort of see who's looking for what and how you can get involved. What do we have? I think at number two. Yes, I'm like four, two. What are we doing? A Pretoria couple took their domestic helper and gardener to the sea for the first time. Did you? <laughs> I love you're it. Just smiling at because me because it's such a beautiful story. Yes, so this they, Pretoria couple they used their eleventh wedding, wedding anniversary. anniversary. They were like, you know what? We could go on holiday and have a great time and celebrate, but actually. Um, we're going on holiday as a family. As a family. We're yes. going on a family holiday and we're taking you to the sea. Um, for the first time, it was the first time on a plane, yes. first time going to the sea, and they just had the raddest time ever. And it's a feel-good photo collage. Like, it's just going to make me cry. Can you see them looking out the window? It's so <laughs> adorable. So we've got all those photos so you can actually see their holiday. And they had this amazing time. Imagine going to the sea for the first time ever. Imagine getting that experience. I can imagine because we have been to the sea for the first time. Don't you remember? I do remember. Yes. I do remember. Very cool. I remember my mother shouting at me, telling me not to run on the beach because it's dangerous. Okay, but imagine being (laughs) 70 and going to the the sea for the first time. So it's a really cool story. And the photo collage will make you feel good things. It's a a feel-good story. We're going to put that up online as we always do. What do we have at number one? And the new Miss Universe is South Africa. Did you know that this... So, you know what I love about humans? Wait, actually, can we just unpack this, please? Because okay, before go. our show, uh, Amanda was talking to us out there. Okay, she is a... She's th- a no, no, whoa, 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 pause. I have to do this sometimes because Kerry doesn't understand that she's on radio. Yes. And some people might not listen to Gareth Cliff's show and they might not know who Amanda is. I was going to explain. Okay, so go. She's a millennial and she's on Gareth's show, okay? She's young. Uh, she's like... She's hip. She's hip. She's happening. She's the funny. That, the fact that we say hip means we're not hip. <laughs> so when she was, she said to me, what is so amazing about Miss Universe? We had to unpack. Okay. So Ben was sitting there as well and we had to unpack it for her. Miss South Africa, when we were young, 
was an event. We all got together on that Saturday to watch Miss South Africa. Okay. Got together because it was a big thing. It was a reality show. We didn't have other entertainment. It was we a only, huge thing. That was our reality TV. And yes. we also, we only had like three channels. Exactly. So it was exciting. Five channels. So then when Miss South the Africa won. had five channels. It was amazing. And then they went on to Miss World. Do you remember World. when Mnet was on seven? Yes. Mnet was on seven and Supersport was on four. <laughs> and those little Dakotas. <laughs> like that's. That hey, big Dakota with the blue and the red. That's all we had. We had, we had five channels. Five channels. <laughs> so I explained the Miss South Africa thing and how big it was. And then I explained Miss World and Miss Universe because that was the next step. So this, for a lot of people, is a huge thing. And, I mean, the she's of Demi. Demi is 22 years, 22 years old. She is the second one. To win Miss Universe Well second to win Since 1978 Second South African Seven so- Second South African Since 1978 But I think she's The 67th Human To win Like Because there's been 67 pageants Yes But she, the, the only people That ever won Miss Universe Are earthlings they're Earthlings. There is no other, um, there's no other just, planet sorry, involved. I'm okay. Thanks stupid, for that, Brent. That's a stupid joke. But it's called Miss Universe. <laughs> yes. Like, what about the other? There are no other planets involved in this. Okay. Just, just our just planet. Earth. Just Earth. So she's actually Miss Earth. She's, no, she's not Miss Earth. Miss Earth is completely different. There's a Miss Earth as well. Is there a Miss World? Yes. Um, Miss Constantinides has been on our show. She runs Miss Earth. Okay. Theory. But now I'm confused. There's a Miss Earth, a Miss World, a Miss Universe. Yes. Okay. Mrs. South Africa, Miss, Mrs. World, Mrs. What, What, everything. Someone needs to unpack I know. that because yes, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. So it's, another day. I'm very but proud. I'm very proud that she became Miss Universe. It's really cool. It's a really awesome title. It's huge. But I was going to say, you know what? I, you, humans are so funny. Are we? Human Tell beings us why. are funny. So we, we, I wrote a story or like Good Things Guy reported on a story about how you could get involved and, and you could help Miss South Africa be- to become Miss Universe. Okay. And there was this whole process that you could tweet and mm. you could like, you needed to use a hashtag. Yes. And, and the story didn't do well because I can see who's on, mm. like, I know what stories do well and what don't. Yeah. So the story didn't do well and the hashtag didn't trend at all. And then you were thinking, oh, poop. No, 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 no. I, I didn't have any, I was neutral. I was on the yes, fence. Yeah. I didn't really, I was like, I report on stories. I don't mm. care whether they make it or not. Yeah. But the, the reality is, is that the majority of South Africans were like, meh. When they saw it, meh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tweet. Nah. I'm not going to, meh, meh, meh. too much work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she gets crowned as Miss Universe. And, it, and every, boom. everyone explodes. Yeah. And, and apparently in South Africa, Every single person has got a photo of themselves with Miss South Africa, except for me. Uh, well, you missed that one, Brent. The amount of people that put up photos of like themselves with her. She has been in a lot of photos. Huge amounts. Okay, but my, my point is, is that when we actually had to do something, when we had to help her. When we didn't. We didn't. No. The, the Twitter. Shocking. The Twitter, like. Um, the Twitter hashtag didn't even it didn't even get into the top twenty. It didn't trend at all. That is very sad. That is sad. It's humans, though. No, but it's wrong. It, why? Why must I take one step extra to do anything when someone else will do it for me? And you know what the reality is? Someone else did do it for you. She did it for herself. She did. She it stood for up herself. there. She said the right things. She spoke about women's rights. She spoke about um. 
the sexual harassment currently in the world. She spoke about all things that are important, and she didn't sound like a and world peace. No, she sound you know she's she's intelligent. She she's is. beautiful, and I think she's going to do great with whatever this this platform gives her. So, what does it give her? What does it give her? Wow, she's I mean she's been whisked off to some. Some hotel and she's, she's actually got, she's got no, some massive hotel over there. Okay. I don't know how that, how, how is that relevant or good? She's been because taken to a hotel. She's she been won taken this to, universe. Yes, she's, she's been, been taken, taken to a hotel now where they will, where they will explain to her what she needs to do for the year of her reign, which is massive. It's worldwide. I don't know if Kiri knows what she has to do. To get to a hotel. <laughs> I do know because it's a pageant. I follow. I'm gonna. We're gonna write. It a is story. about I world just, peace. A, Gary, I just think it's funny. Like you won Miss World, Miss Universe, and then what happened? And then what happened? They took it to it. Prince, stop it. So we're gonna go read the story and you find out what. No, they I'm gonna actually publish the story of yes, what actually happens exactly. when you win Miss Universe because we clearly don't. Okay, know. Okay, so from the good stuff. Demi Linel Peters from South Africa, congratulations. Congratulations. We're glad you made it Enjoy to a hotel. hotel. <laughs> Enjoy the hotel. Oh, cook. Uh, and my love story with uh, Tay Tay continues. That's Taylor Swift. She's she's my one. She's your one. She's my one and only. You yeah, ran yeah, around yeah, New York yeah. trying to find her. And then Kirsty Bissett did find her. Yeah. I, I was. I couldn't. What even, are the I left a day early. I could have married Taylor Swift. Exactly. That doesn't sound crazy at no, all. No, no, not at all. Uh, another friend of Kirsty Bissett. Actually, I saw a photo of them together. Um, Daniela, I'm going to say it wrong again. Franciscos. Is that how we say your surname? That's correct. Frankiskas. Frankiskas. Uh, I actually know you through Love Life, Gift Life. We're all connected in some way or other. It's small Joburg as it is. But we've got your dad, John, in studio, and we're going to be chatting about his crazy experience. And I, I, I can't lay this on thick enough. He was at a, a, a swanky, we're going to call it a swanky lodge, a lodge, a private lodge, a, a game lodge, where you go to view animals and they've got beautiful rooms and they've got nice places to eat and they've got all these great things. And he climbed into bed, it was time for bed, his wife was in the bathroom, and he put his hands up, like sort of where the pillow goes, Correct. and a snake latched onto your finger, John. Yeah. It literally latched onto your finger. Um, I couldn't imagine what that experience mm-hmm. is like. What did you think was going on as that happened? Like you put your hand, there's something. What it wasn't you, only one finger. Let him tell you yeah. the story. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was quite a uh, an extreme experience because I we just had finished dinner and you said Carol was in the bathroom. No, they, the, the, the my my family, uh, Carol, with the other guests we were with, um, they 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 were still having a drink at the pub and the girls were tidying up and putting things away and I went to the room to lie down so I got undressed and I lay on the bed and I put my hands behind my head just just relaxing and contemplating the day, it was probably about half past nine in the evening and I felt this horrific pain in my right hand middle finger as the snake mm. bit on me but as he bit on that finger 
he coiled on my left arm. So, so you lit, I, you had a snake attached to you two ways. Yes. So as he bit, he coiled, and then I and I realized, I said to myself, "Jeez, I, I'm not in those words. I've been bitten <laughs> by a snake." <laughs> and I and I ripped my right hand out of his mouth, tearing the teeth. So my my middle finger was quite badly torn and started bleeding. And at the same time, I actually stood up off the bed, and. This this snake, he, he obviously being latched on my left arm, as I pulled his my finger out of his, my right hand out of his mouth, he turned and he grabbed my left hand, uh, latching on to my little finger and part of my my palm of my hand. So as I stood up, my right hand was already going into to shock, and I was looking at it and saying, "What the hell's going on here?" Because I, I, I guess it's incredibly overwhelming. It that is. Whole it's, it's, it's quite it's something you can't really explain. And it happens so quickly that you're sort of looking at it and saying, what is going on? And here the snake now is latched onto my left hand. He's, my hands, are, I'm holding them outright in front of me. And this thing's probably one and a half meters or 1.6 meters long because he's Latched on, he's hanging down and he's got a coil on the floor and I'm looking at him and he's chewing. He's just chewing at my hand and I'm looking at him and saying, what have I done wrong? You know, it's enough now. Leave me alone. Thinking, should I grab him? I don't know how to handle snakes. So I just stood there whilst he chewed at my hand. How long it was, I really don't know. Eventually he, he let go and he fell to the floor. I looked around the room and said, what can I kill him with? Not seeing anything, I then said to myself, well, hang on a sec. You've got to stay calm. You need help. So I opened the door. The snake went out through the door, and I went out, heading towards the bar area where there were some people still having their drinks. And I stood there in the probably 100 meters away, and I said, guys, I need help. I've been bitten by a snake. And I turned around and went back to my room and lay sideways on the bed until they came. John, did you know at the time that it was a deadly Mozambique um, spit, uh, spitting cobra? Did you know that, this, that, that what had just happened to you could possibly take your life? I, I knew it was a cobra. I'm, I'm quite, uh, I, I love the bush, so I am able to identify certain snakes. So I knew it was a cobra. I did not under, fully understand the, the effects of his venom or what it is. Uh, and I knew that it, it it's pretty could be life-threatening. So as I was lying on the bed, when, when eventually people came, I was started talking to my wife and saying, you guys, you need to listen to me because I'm going to tell you what my symptoms are. So should I pass out or lose it? You actually know what I was going through prior to passing out, and it's critically important for the doctor. So there I was, lying on the bed, trying to say, guys, this is what I feel. My heart's still exaggerated. I can breathe properly. Um, my, my hands are, I've got horrific pain. And, hmm. and so the process went. The game ranger come lodge manager, he came, he was called and he came came with a book and he tried to make sure that I identified the snake correctly um, and that was all there was there was actually nobody there with us who had any clue as to what to do 
Uh, so the, the lodge itself, no one knew where 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 the nearest hospital was. Um, they didn't have uh, what would you call it? Um, the skills. They, they, yeah, they didn't have yeah. the 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 skills to or a protocol to be able to say if there's an injury of any sorts, this is what we need to do. The nearest hospitals are here. If it's if it's this kind of snake bite, because snake venom has different effects on a person, and you have mm. more time depending on what kind of snake it was. So they could they should know that if it's that kind or type of then, snake, then this is the procedure we need. Then to this take. is what you need to follow. They'd, we don't expect the lodgers to, uh, to administer medication unless they have a skilled doctor on site, because you can't. But you do expect them to know whether to tie a tourniquet, whether to, to tell you to put your arms mm. down or up or sideways. How they they should take control of the situation, and because we don't we hospital. don't know we if you if you're booking yourself into a lodge, if you're going to stay somewhere, you I, d- I don't know anything about snakes or spiders or poison. Yeah. I, that's it's not part of my repertoire. Yeah. Well, I suppose you put your trust in the the lodge. Like they will know where the closest hospital is. They will know how to it's deal with stuff. On from there. Yeah. So anyway, once once this had happened, uh, we we eventually got hold of an ambulance. We had phoned my son and my daughter in Johannesburg. They were able to to track a hospital down who had anti venom of sorts. Sure. And we said, okay, let's head to that hospital. We try to find an ambulance. How far was the hospital from the lodge? It was about uh, two two hours drive from what I remember. And remember, two I hours. wasn't I wasn't. Uh, <gasps> All, all there, but I, I know the snake bit me at at half past nine in the evening because we kept quite a accurate record of proceedings, and I know that I was lying in the casualty ward at at the hospital in in Bushbuck Ridge at around about twelve fifteen that evening. Um, so once we had got to the hospital at that stage, I mean the venom. Learning afterwards what had really happened to me, I was very seriously envenomated. In other words, the amount of venom that I'd got in my body was abnormal to a normal snake bite. And and that's a result of the snake having chewed on on me all the time. So in the hospital, we eventually got help from a doctor who authorized the the nurse on duty to give me anti-venom. And said, give him antivenom, move him into a general ward. The the nurse was a male nurse at the time, and I must say I owe a lot to this this nurse. His his name it was a male. His name was Justin. I'll never forget him. And he said to my wife, to Carol, listen, I'm not moving him into a general ward. It's too dangerous. We've only got one heart monitor in this hospital. We have to link him up to the heart monitor in case he goes into shock. Uh, once we give him the anti-venom and he taught Carol how to manage the heart monitor and wow. said that if if things go haywire just shout and I will be here immediately so that's what happened so the rest of the night uh, they gave me 30 mils of, of anti-venom it was a cyclotoxic uh, anti-venom whilst the, whilst the cobra itself from what I understand afterwards does have a portion of neurotoxic in his venom he's mainly psychotoxic so they gave me the 30 mils and there I lay all night at at that stage I I was vomiting profusely I was 
peeing a horrible solution and I had quite bad diarrhea, sure. which are all symptoms of, of the bite. Um, I don't know coming in and out of consciousness through that night. Anyway, in the morning, they moved me into a general ward where we, we stayed. Come 12 o'clock, half past 12, still I had no doctor attend to me. My hands were horrifically sore, no painkillers. And we, Carol was beside herself. So eventually we, we managed to get a private ambulance to come and collect us. Finally got the, the hospital to release us and we went to, to the Nelspreit Medi Clinic, which was another two and a half to three <coughs> hours away. We got there and the Medi Clinic wouldn't accept us. So they pushed me into casualty. The nurses. What was their reasoning behind not accepting? They, they had sent out a, a notice to all the ambulance services saying they are full and they cannot accept any further patients. So, but it's now spread. There's, there's nowhere else to go. There's, uh, well, yeah, at that stage we were really at the mercy. We, we went, I, I certainly wasn't thinking and my family, they were obviously trying to do the best they could with very little knowledge. And Dan, you were, that you was were, the best hospital. you were stuck in Joburg, sort of <laughs> working around all this stuff happening. And your yeah, now spread is far. We actually all arrived at the hospital at the same time. Don't ask how my brother and I did get there. But um, we, as soon as my dad had left the um, government hospital, my brother and I got into our car um, from Joburg and just drove down to Nelspruit. Sure. So That's we all, drive. for some reason, I don't know how it worked out, but we all arrived at the same yeah. time. But there was also, so in the background... Um, you're not there. You have no idea what's going on. No. You're sitting in a car traveling to... You, you don't know what you're going to find when you get to the hospital with your dad. It must have been absolutely traumatic for you as well. Yeah, it was, but we're just grateful he's yeah. around. But anyway, you know, this, the story continues. So eventually, they did... Um, Anthony, through through his various means, he had, he had got hold of a surgeon at, at the hospital... And that surgeon sent a message down to casualty saying you will accept that patient, which which they duly did. And then after, and then I started to get proper medical care. So it was a bit of a roller coaster after that. Um, the first four days of of being there, I think I was pretty much critical, uh, mm. not sure whether I would would get through or not. My hands had started swelling extensively. The the surgeon eventually said to 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 Carol and and my my children, listen, we we need to do a fasciotomy on his hands because his fingers are starting to go blue, and if we don't relieve the pressure, uh, he's going to lose his hand quite quickly. So that's what they did. They they the first th was it was this all from the venom? This Still was from the all venom. from the venom. There's, there's it's pure, it's. Everything that happened from here on, I believe, was as a direct result of the envenomation that I got. Mm. So they did the fasciotomy, and then they, they put a type of sponge into the wound with suction pumps so that they could suck the, the sort of, I don't know what you call it, but there's a liquid, you know, when you get a wound or a graze, mm. you get that fluid mm -hmm. that, that as your body tries to heal. So they suck this fluid away, and every three days they would change this, this dressing on me, uh, which was horrifically painful. And, and one thing I must say is that the support I got 
from our family. I'm sorry, I'm just quite emotional. But the support I got from my family, from my brother, my sister, my sister during this period, was actually unbelievable. Um, and I think all of that just just shows you how strong family bonds are and how, how people, irrespective of situations, they're there to help you. Mm. You know, my brother drove just for the day. He drove down to come and see me just to see for himself. And my sister came past, my niece came past, all of them from Joburg. So as this, this story progressed, um, one thing that really did disappoint us is the total lack of interest from the lodge. Uh, we never really got any phone calls or follow-up to find out how we were. And that was quite disappointing in a, in a lot of ways. I just want how long was the recovery period? Because I mean, you were in hospital, but then there's there's still therapy a lot after of complications. that. I was in, I was in hospital overall for three months. Sure, a period of three months. So, what happened is is I, I actually had a second surgery, which they had to do on my hand. During that second surgery, my lungs collapsed in theatre, and that was when they had to amputate my my right hand middle finger. So my wife was under huge pressure to make these decisions, and she coped with the support of family. Um, so it must be tough to go back and to remember those those times. But yeah. the, so, the recovery period after that, so three months in hospital. So eventually, we got permission to leave Nelspruit Hospital because it was quite stressful on us, and we transferred through to the Umschlange Hospital. Where, where they t- took over the proceedings. And there we were blessed with unbelievable doctors. These guys were fantastic. Um, they, they, they even gave us their private cell numbers. Mm. And I was one of the few patients where, I, where the, the ICU units had given permission for my family to be with me all the time. Wow. Um, and I think that was a, an indication of the severity of where I was at. So eventually uh, I had another procedure where they cleaned the wound. And once I was satisfied with that there was no more decay of the tissue, um, they, they left it for a week. And then they said, okay, we're now going to start this healing process. Experiences in that hospital were, were unbelievable. I used to look very forward, and this was in Nelspruit, if I may go back. Every evening or every shift change, the nursing staff on the floor that I was in high care, they used to sing a hymn, all of them. And if you had to listen to this hymn being sung by that nursing staff mm. echoing through the the halls, it was it was mind-blowing. It was something you can't – you have to experience and another experience I had, which, which I really is worth a mention, was, and I'm not a, a church-going person, but while I was waiting to go into theater for, one of, for, for the last operation. This, this was the I last had, operation that you were getting. Yes. And this operation was to have my gallbladder removed because sure. my gallbladder had gone 
I call it yeah, froth yeah. because there's no other reason they could and that's, not. That's from the venom as well. Well, my my view is it's from the venom. Mm. The doctors could not conclusively say that. They initially thought I had kidney stones, then they thought it was something else. But eventually, when they took this blob out, there was no kidney stones. It was just a, a like a mushy piece of tissue and. Whilst they couldn't conclusively say it was venom, um, they implied it c- it could be. And during the while I was waiting to go into theatre, a scrub nurse came out of the operating theatre doors, and I was lying there with my wife, and I was saying, "I've actually had enough. It's 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 enough. I'm I'm done. Oh. I can't carry on anymore. This is just it's killed me." And and Carol. Holding my hand said, you know what? He says, we fought for you now for mm. so long. This is, this is another little milestone and it's now ch- time for you to fight for your, your life and your family. It's not about you anymore. This is about us. We need you. We want you and you've got to be there. With that, the scrub nurse came out, stood at the back bottom of my bed and said to me, said to us, because Carol was there, do you believe in God? And I said, Right now, I pray every night, and and yes, I believe I couldn't have got here on my own. There has to have been somebody else helping me. And this nurse looked and said, well, I must tell you, you're going to be fine. There are angels above your bed right now. They're looking after you. You're going into theater. Do not worry. And she touched Carol on the shoulder and said, he's going to be fine. And she walked out. We were quite emotional. Carol turned to the duty sister who was sitting right next to us, maybe five meters away, and said, please can I have the name of that scrub nurse? I need to say thank you to her. This duty nurse looked at us, and she said, what are you talking about? And she says, that scrub nurse that was standing at the end of our bed right now, and she said there was nobody there. Whoa. And... It was quite mind-blowing, and, and as I say, I repeat that story because it was real, and it, it just told me that there's other. I'm being looked after. That there was. There, there I mean, the support structure. There is a support structure there. Yeah. I came. I came out of theatre after an, a prolonged operation. Obviously, Carol was beside herself. She was very lucky to have, have a close friend sit with her and wait while, whilst I was there. And once that had, once my gallbladder was removed, I then really started my recovery process. And from there onwards, it was every day was just a day that I was getting better. This, this, the doctor who looked after me was, a, was a, in himself an angel. My hand was in a complete mess. I, I never looked at my hand. That's something else which I think in, in a lot of ways psychologically helped me because Is that you were I never with that? saw I never saw my wounds. When he came every three days to scrub and inject my wounds with with a process called PRP, which he healed my hand with, I never looked at it. I only looked at it probably a month after I came out of hospital did I look at the, the actual damage that had happened. And and that happened when I was feeling down and they, my Carol said to me, pull yourself together, just look at where you came from. 
I had to go through extensive therapy, uh, probably six to eight months worth of hand therapy to get my hands moving again and to, to get used to not having a missing finger, which, which I still struggle with today, but we're getting there. So what did I learn? I mean, the, the I mean the, uh, that's, that's what we need to get to, and, and the, ti- the time is running away with us. John, the, yeah. the, the main thing, and we spoke about it off-air, is that you want people to know that they yeah. need to know about these things before they go to lodges. They need to be yeah. asking these questions. They need to be phoning lodges and just making sure that they've got the emergency services in place, right? Yes, okay. I think that's the main thing, and that's my message to everybody. I don't – you know, I'm not here to, to – to bash the, the, the yeah. lodge we were at because it doesn't achieve anything. Yeah. But what I am saying to anybody going into the bush, whether you self-travel or whether you actually go to a, an, an upmarket lodge, is you yourself should have with you an emergency number. And yeah. The emergency number, which we eventually think, I personally think is probably the best one, is, is the Tigerberg Hospital in Cape Town. They have a poison center which deals with all kinds of poisons. 24-hour uh, people, qualified people on who you can phone, and they can guide you as to what to do immediately, and they can also guide you as to where to go. They okay. will also we've talk we've to literally run out of time. The producers are screaming at me now through okay. the window. I'm going to do a second podcast that you guys can catch. We're going to go record it now. Um, this is an amazing story. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. Catch us in the second podcast. This is cliffcentral.com. All right, so we're back. Uh, it's the good stuff extra. Do we, there's just too much of the story, um, and I didn't want to cut it short because it is so incredibly interesting. Um, if you just tuning in for whatever reason, we've just um, sort of started speaking about the fact that a lot of lodges in South Africa don't have these emergency details or plans um, in place. They don't have the skills in place. And John, you were saying that that's one of the biggest messages that you wanted to get out of this. Yes. I, I, I think I think as I travel a lot within South Africa and across the borders going into the bush often, and I'm as guilty as any other traveler to just take things for granted that nothing will ever go wrong. And when something like what happened to me does go wrong, you realize how the, how important it is just to understand the basics or who to call or where to go for help. And after this event, we, we did a lot of research. We spoke to a lot of people in an effort to understand what do you do, who do you talk to, how do you go about looking after yourself and sharing the message to other people to just take care out there. Um, And what we did find is that there are a number of experts out there who who understand how to deal with snake bite and other uh, poisonous encounters, be it a spider, a scorpion. So there are services out there, and I would recommend just from where I am, and that's my personal opinion right now, is that the minimum you should do is have the Tigerberg Poison Center on your phone. It's, it's a center which specializes in, in poison. Of I think so. So I'm going to just highlight that this time of the year, it's so important that people have something like that on hand because everybody's making plans to go to holidays, to go to lodges, and no one really knows that, that um, this may be a mm. problem. Mm. Yes. 
Yes, I, I, I agree. And a lot of the doctors as well, because these kind of incidents are, are relatively rare, doctors are not fully skilled. And, and, and it's, uh, please just take that statement from whence it comes. It's not a criticism. It's just, it's just my understanding. A lot of them don't understand what to do when a person is seriously envenomated. I mean, one of the things that, that we learned, which, which I think is important to tell people about, is the minimum amount of antivenom that a person should get in the case of a, of a serious envenomation is anything from 60 to 120 mils of antivenom. Wow. And you got given 30. I got given 30. <gasps> and when, when we spoke to the po- Tigerberg and we spoke to some other experts, they all laughed and they said 30 mils was they should have given you an ice cream. So ultimately, I fought with the help of, of all those around me. I fought this, this incident with myself. My, in mm. other words, my body itself took care of the antivenom. I did not the, – the antivenom I got, from what I understand, had absolutely no effect – on, on trying to stop the poison through mm. my body. And maybe that's a result of being three months in hospital and, and, and the severity of the co- or the complications that, that transpired afterwards. So, guys, please, just when you go to a lodge, we're all excited. We sit down. Generally, the, the, the guys will go through a, a, a very – brief protocol, and they'll make you sign indemnities. But in all my experience of going to lodges, I've never really experienced a lodge telling you that these are the dangers. And, guys, we do have a protocol in place should any of you be injured, be it by whatever cause. And if somebody does get injured, then this is your internal protocol, and we will take over from there. John, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask. So you, you've been through this traumatic experience um, and you're, you're living and surviving. Are you still going to lodges? Are you still going out into the bush? Yes. Um, I love the bush <laughs> and it's like falling off your bicycle. You've you got to get back on it as soon as possible mm. and, and ride again. Uh, you, you can't just feel sorry for yourself. Um, so you're, ba- you're so back, you're visiting the wild, I'm you're going. I, 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 have, I, I was again blessed by, by very good friends, and I must be honest, my, my, I must say that my, the support I got by my family, my brother, my sisters was, was unbelievable, and all of that does keep you going. Mm. I, I, have a, I have a very good friend, and he actually got me into the bush just for a weekend, three months after I got out of hospital, he took me to his, his private lodge and we spent three days there whilst my hand was still with a whole lot of prosthetic elastic bands and things trying to get fingers moving, etc., etc. I went. It, it, was, it was a little bit daunting, but, but we managed. And a couple of months later, um, still trying to recover, we got in the car, got in the car with my wife. We packed a few things, and, and we just did a, a, a random road trip around South Africa for about six weeks where we 
try to gather our, our, our minds because the stress that we had gone through is absolutely horrific. And as of today, we are still on medication mm. because we still have not fully recovered. I mean, this incident happened in, in March traumatic. of 2016. And, and we are still going through a recovery process and hopefully by the, by early next year, they're going to start weaning us off our current medication. Well, I, I mean, you've come into studio today and you've shared your story. And as traumatic and as scary, I had a, I had a, a listener send me a message saying um, she's listening to what you're saying and she's gone cold mm. because you're so descriptive and she can picture each and every moment yes. that you went through. And even through all of that, I still think you're a positive guy. <laughs> like, Very. I, when you're you, like when a you, walking miracle. When you walked in here this morning um, – we sort of brushed over what you'd been through and, and discussed what, uh, what the outcome of, of, of the story that mm. you wanted to get across. And your biggest thing is you don't blame the, the – you might be upset with the Lodge because they haven't done much since then. They haven't got in touch. But you just really want your story to resonate with other listeners for them – to know that they need to have these details on hand for them to be able to, if they face the same traumatic um, situation, that they're able to deal with it a little bit more differently. Mm. Yeah. No, that is correct. That is, that is my message. You know, you can, you can blame people and go into the negative zone. You actually achieve nothing because all yeah. you do is you drive yourself deeper into the hole through, through anger and through frustration we chose the other road. We chose the road of how do we turn this into a positive situation where we share our message, as horrible as it is, with people to create awareness. Mm. And, and, and that's what it's about. It's not to scare people. You know, every, every animal, every creature has a purpose. And a lot of people said, why didn't you kill the snake? They're horrible creatures. And they, you know, and, and do you have a fear and all of this? And I said, I'm, I'm, I am, when I see a snake or when I see a, a, a wild animal, a lion, a buffalo, you do have an inherent fear. But if you respect these, these animals, because every one of them serve a purpose. Mm. So to randomly go around and kill creatures because makes no sense. Fear, it makes no sense. And yes, at the time, my immediate reaction was, how do I kill the snake? How do I do that? And and I couldn't. I mm. couldn't for a whole heap of reasons. And today, in some ways, I'm actually glad I didn't because it would have served no purpose other than to confirm the identity of the snake that had mm. bit me for for the doctors to, to confirm that it is psychotoxic and that's the treatment. But there, there, there is also a little bit of a lack of understanding as to how much venom a snake injects into a person. Nobody really understands that from what I've understood. So in some cases you get a, a small, like a dry, what they call a dry bite. Yeah. In other cases you may get a, a very small envenomation. Mm -hmm. And the treatments are very different. And that is why it's so important to have for yourself a, a contact number that you can phone and if you give them the symptoms on the phone, they, they have so much experience. They know whether it's a severe or a mild envenomation, and they can guide you, and they will talk to the doctors to guide the doctor as to what to do. Because 
in some cases, you don't need to give any antivenom. You don't need to do a fasciotomy. There could be something else that they could have done if they, if they had just the uh, expertise and the knowledge. John, we're going to put all of these details up online. I'm going to make sure that the numbers are there, that the links are there, um, and that if someone Googles it, hopefully it can come up. Um, and and they can help themselves or someone else. I think your story is incredible, mm. um, and I'm so thankful that you survived so that you're able to sit here today and share that story with others so that hopefully it can make a difference in their lives too. Yes. Well, I, I'm very grateful, and I, and I survived with help. Please believe me, I didn't do this on my own. Um, I couldn't have done it on my own. And I think right now, sitting here, the thing which I'm most grateful for is the fact that I'm, I am sitting here today. I am in reasonable good health while still, as you could see earlier, a little bit emotional when I talk mm-hmm. about the experience because I haven't really spoken freely about it to this point. And I'm blessed in a lot of ways because next week I have the privilege oh. of walking my daughter down the aisle <laughs> to give her away to marriage. And I think and that's absolutely to me, beautiful. That is that is was worth living for and was worth fighting for. Sure. So, so thank you. I, I just say thank you to everybody and a special special thank you to my immediate family, my, my wife, my children, especially my brother who made the effort so many times to come and see me. My sister I mean, without the help of these people and the support, um, I, d- I don't think I would have got through this. And and then there are those special friends, you know. Uh, thank you, thank you, all of you, and and thank you for allowing me to share my Man, story. Man, it's this is the, it's wow. just an incredible story, and you've blown us away today. And we're thankful to have you here, um, John. It's been incredible, Daniela. It's amazing. Uh, thank you for for sharing your dad's story with us um, so many months ago when this all started um, and to have it now on a podcast um, is just absolutely phenomenal uh, this is the good stuff on Cliff Central and we hope that you uh, can use this wisely, there's a little bit of information This is CliffCentral.com